Welcome back to the Vineyard Church Podcast. Every November, we set out to bless our community and organizations in our community through an annual campaign that we call Be the Blessing. Well, today, Chris is sharing all the projects we are working toward and giving you the opportunity to be a part of it. So don't miss this chance to make a huge difference in our community and in your heart. Here's Chris. Well, good morning. You guys have just shown up to the most exciting church weekend of the year. I am so excited. We, uh, we are celebrating so much. This is our Be the Blessing weekend, as Julie has said, which by itself is one of the best weekends of the church calendar. I love it. The third weekend of November, uh, we take a pause on whatever it is we're doing. We uh, we had just happened to finish James up last week, and which is perfect. But uh, even if we hadn't, we would take a pause, and uh, we focus on generosity, kindness, stepping out in faith, and following God, and joining Him in what He's doing in our world. And this weekend is all about that, uh, and it's all about celebrate, and it's about so much more. We're celebrating so much. So at the um, towards the end of the service, we're going to baptize. I don't know, 20, 22 people, something like that. So we're going to celebrate what God is doing and transforming people's lives. So you can clap for that. That's, that's exciting. Um, you know, baptism is a, a visual representation of the miraculous transformation that God does inside of people's lives, which is what we do here, right? We help people find and follow God. That's the mission. And that is a huge celebration. So we're going to be celebrating that. Uh, we're celebrating after the service um, the kickoff of the Kid Center project across the street. And so what we did is we bought 100 pizzas, and because uh, <laughs> you can't celebrate without pizza, right? And so we bought some pizzas, and we want to invite everyone to don't go get in your car and leave, but walk across the street, walk in the front doors there on Main Street, walk through and up the stairs. If you can't get up the stairs, there's an elevator in the back. You can go around back if you need to do that. Um, and grab a pizza, or not a whole pizza, unless you have a big family or something. But anyway, grab a piece of pizza, and we have a bunch of Sharpie markers. And here's what I want us to do. I want, first of all, I want you to see what it looks like now before it's done. So when we're done and we're celebrating, you know what has been accomplished. Secondly, uh, if you know anything about construction, we need to pray, <laughs> and we need to pray hard that everything goes as planned, all the equipment comes in as planned, all of that. But most importantly, we need to pray for the impact that God has for that building being a lighthouse on the corner, the most visible uh, corner in the city of Wheeling and the lives that will be reached. We need to pray for the kids of our community. We need to pray for the families in our community. We need to pray for the people who will meet Jesus because of what is happening there. And so I want you to not just pray. I want to invite you to write your prayers on the walls. Um, pray for all of those things. Write them on the walls. Write thank you notes to the uh, construction workers who are going to be working in there. And um, and let's just take a moment and celebrate what God has done. We're celebrating um, our Bridging the Gap. Uh, that's really a part of our Bridging the Gap initiative. If you weren't here in April, we did a thing called Bridging the Gap, where we uh, raised the money to do that project and three other projects uh, to... to, to um, to transform that into a childcare, to transform that into an amazing children's space for Sunday mornings, uh, to uh, 
to do uh, and expand ministry in Costa Rica. We feed street children. I'll talk more about this in a, in a few minutes. Street children on the streets of Costa Rica. Uh, and uh, we're doing an expansion project for Pastor Cesar down there. Um, and actually, we'll be flying down there in a, in a couple of weeks to be putting the, those plans together. We've purchased the property, so that's underway and going. Uh, and, uh, and to launch a women's hope center here in the Wheeling area. And if you're not familiar with Hope Center, it's a year-long recovery program. Yeah. And, um, and so we need to celebrate that the property's been bought in Costa Rica. We're underway on planning the construction. Uh, we are... We are starting across the street. That's going on. The money has been put down for the uh, Women's Hope Center, which we hope to have open very soon. Last year at this time, I came to you and let you know that we wanted to open the Men's Center. We had the money. It's kind of a similar situation. We couldn't find a house. We're in the same situation. And I asked you to pray, and within weeks, we had a house. So uh, I'm going to ask you again to pray that we can find the house we need for that women's center and we'll get that open sooner than later. It is such a need in our community, and it's another way that God has blessed us to be able to shine light. So we're celebrating bridging the gap. We're celebrating what God's doing across the street. We're celebrating new life and baptisms. God is on the move, and I love being a part of it. I hope you do, too. Um, yeah. So the question then is, uh, or be the blessing, what do we do with that? Every, every year we, we stop this weekend and we do, do uh, be the blessing. We focus our hearts on generosity, kindness, shining light, all of those things. And, um, and we're already doing a lot of that. And the last thing I want you to feel like when you come to church is that Chris is always asking you for money. Um, because, and, and I really don't. I mean, honestly, what I do is I say, this is what we're doing. Here's the vision. Here's what we feel like God's given us to do. Ask him what he wants you to do and how he wants you to participate. And then do whatever he tells you. No pressure. This year, especially no pressure for Be the Blessing. Um, we uh, just want you to be a part of what God's doing at whatever level he's calling you to be a part of it. And so I'm just going to present some stuff. I'm going to present a little bit of why, and then you can engage however you want. Now, there are a lot of service opportunities, and there are a lot of us who are on the sidelines as far as service is concerned, either outside the church or in the church. And I'm going to encourage you to sign up to serve in one way, shape, or form uh, if you're not doing that. But I love Be the Blessing. I love this weekend. I love what it's about. It's a celebration of blessing. It's a celebration of really one of the first models of how God does things we see in Scripture. It's one of the first. It's not the first. It's one of the first. God shows up to a guy named Abram, who we know as Abraham, but his name was Abram at the time. Abram meant father. Abraham, when God changes his name to Abraham, means father of nations. The irony of all that is that Abraham, or Abram, didn't have any children. His wife was barren. The thing they wanted more than anything in the whole world, the blessing that they hoped for, was to have some children, to have a son anyway who could carry on the family name. That was a big deal in their time and in their culture. And God shows up, and God speaks to Abram and, uh, and invites him to an adventure. He invites him to step out of his comfort zone. 
In Genesis 12, verse 1, it says this, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. There is so much in that one verse. Here's what I want you to do, Abram. I want you to leave your comfort zone, the things you're familiar with, your people, your country, the land you grew up in. I want you to leave your family behind, and I want you to follow me I'm not showing you where we're going. I will show you where it is, but we need to start the journey. Trust me enough to step out of your comfort zone and do what I'm inviting you to. And God does that in our lives as well. God invites us on adventures, whether it's, whether it's stepping out of our comfort zone in a conversation or a change in life direction or whatever it is along the way. God will speak into your life from time to time and invite you out of your comfort zone. And then what he does, what God does, is he makes a promise to Abraham that's attached to this stepping out of his comfort zone. In verse 2, he says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So the blessing that he was hoping for, of course, is this legacy, is is this child. And he says, I'm going to make you into a great nation, Abraham, father of nations, which means there's going to be a child involved. And he says, I'm going to bless you. And he says, and you will be a blessing. And so what we see here is that God calls us to step out of our comfort zones, to trust him enough to do what he says, to take a step of faith. As we do that, he blesses us. As he blesses us, he expects us to be the blessing. And as we step out in blessing, what begins to unfold in our lives is a flywheel of blessing, a flywheel of faith, a flywheel of trust. And we get to be a part of what God is doing in our world. That's exactly what happened for Abraham. So this weekend for me, Be the Blessing Weekend, is a celebration of the joy of living a completely different kind of life than what our world lives. The, The joy of living a life of blessing, not in my own power and strength, but infused with the power of God as he calls us, as he calls each one of us to step out of our comfort zones and follow him. It's a celebration of generosity and kindness, no doubt. And for some of us, this is old hat. For some of us, we've, we've stretched ourselves, we've tried this, we put our toe in the water and bridging the gap, and you're experiencing the joy of that, and praise God, that's been a really cool journey. For some of us, we've been doing this our whole lives, and for some of us, this weekend is your invitation to stick your toe in the water on this new kind of life that God calls us to. Now, the reasons, I want you to understand why we don't, or why, why be the blessing is something that we, we do. We don't do it. We don't do it because the church needs your money. Most of this, most of what we're doing is going outside the church anyway. And we don't do it because God needs your money, because God certainly doesn't need your money. He has every resource under heaven. He owns everything and can resource any and everything. And we don't do it because God wants you to have less. That's not the case either. We, less time, less money, whatever, less bandwidth. So the question then is, why do be the blessing? I've got three real fast reasons for you. I encourage you to write them down as we go. The first one is this, and it is because God wants you to be free. God wants you to be free. You know, 
human nature, our broken sinful nature defaults to putting our trust in what we can accumulate. Whether it's, it's more time for us or more money uh, or whatever, we put our hope in stuff. We find our security in stuff. If I can get a big enough bank account, a large enough retirement account, enough land, enough whatever, then, then I will feel secure. Then I won't have to worry. And we look to stuff for our security, but we also look to it for our identity. We look to it, you know, if I can drive that car, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a super fancy car. For some of us, it is. For some of us, it's, it's like, oh, it's a really practical car, so now I look practical, you know, <laughs> or whatever your thing is, you know. It's, it's, if I have a certain, certain wardrobe or shoes or whatever it is that you need to, to find your identity, to speak to the world, to let them know who you are, we look to stuff, don't we? Those are, tend to be our defining factors. And we look to stuff for comfort as well. I just want to be comfortable. I want my family to be comfortable. We, Comfort is king. And these things become gods in our lives. We end up serving them. They become our master. And the problem is there's never enough. There's never enough. Do you guys know the story of John Rockefeller, John D. Rockefeller? He's the guy who, so right around the end of the 1800s, they were discovering that this black stuff coming out of the earth in Pennsylvania was actually useful, called oil. Um, and, uh, you know, the internal combustion engine came on, and they were just started out, they were burning kerosene. Well, anyway, John D. Rockefeller becomes very involved in the oil business and ends up monopolizing. I think the whole game Monopoly is actually built around John D. Rockefeller. But anyway, he ends up monopolizing the industry. He buys up all the competition. He starts Standard Oil. He becomes the wealthiest person on the planet, first billionaire in the history of the world. And he keeps going, and he keeps buying up the competition, and he keeps, you know, he, he just pedaled to the metal. And famously, a reporter asked him, Mr. Rockefeller, how much is enough? Because clearly, you have all the security you need. You can buy whatever you want for identity and comfort. How much is enough? And he famously responded, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Now, the interesting thing about this just a little bit more scenario is that if you ask somebody who makes $40,000 a year, how much more do they need to be comfortable and feel like they're wealthy? It's just a little bit more. Now I need another $20,000 a year. Yeah, somebody who makes $100,000 a year, they'll tell you it's, it's $130,000. Yeah, somebody who makes a million dollars a year, oh, well, yeah, probably $1.5 would do it. It's elusive. There's never enough. You ask Mr. Rockefeller who makes a billion dollars, it's just a little bit more. Well, if I had $2 billion, I, I, I'd probably be all right. And it comes down to two things. It comes down to an appetite for more. We call that greed. We just need more. It's like we got to feed this thing inside of us. But we never find the security. We never find our identity that satisfies. And the comfort starts to become uncomfortable. The other side of that same coin from the greed is fear. Fear that I'm not going to have enough that somehow I'll, I'll go hungry, that somehow I, I won't 
I won't make it. I need more for me just so that I feel secure. And we look, we look to our stuff to fill the need in our heart that only God can fill. And it becomes our master, and we end up serving it. We end up treating it like a God in our life. And this is especially true when times are tight. Now, I don't know about you, but I went to the grocery store the other day. Has anybody noticed the price of groceries lately? And everything else, for that matter? What we've seen over the last couple of years, we're all feeling it. The budgets are tighter than they have been. And the temptation in the midst of an environment like that is to circle the wagons and hold on to everything we can. And the thing that we need to do in an environment like that is to trust God. Our trust is not in our stuff. Our trust is in him. Now, I'm not saying ignore your finances, don't have a budget. We teach Financial Peace University here. I encourage you to have a budget and keep an eye on what's going on with your finances. So, you know, so many people are just swiping the credit card and hoping it works out. That's not a good financial plan. Many of us are doing that. And I'm not saying ignore your finances or don't pay attention to reality. What I am saying is trust God. In these days that we live in right now, we must trust God more or we will find our trust in things that don't satisfy and ultimately displace him in our lives. Jesus taught this explicitly in Matthew 6, 19. He said this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, Jesus isn't saying it's not okay to have a retirement account. It's not okay to have, have things. Christians can't have nice things. He's not saying that. He's saying, where is your hope? What are you investing in first? Where is your trust? In verse 24, he goes on. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And we try to do it all the time. It's part of our culture, really, here in the United States. It's, you know... We're so unbelievably wealthy by global standards. And we do have fear, and we do have greed. And our hope is in our stuff when we stop and really allow ourselves to analyze the condition of our hearts. And God is like, no, you need to break that fear. You need to break that greed off your life. I want you to be free to live the kind of life that you long to live. And that's what Be the Blessing is all about. See, when we intentionally give some away, when we intentionally share our time and serve other people, it breaks free our hearts from the power of greed and fear. And we learn to trust God, not stuff.
And as we do, we also learn that God is good for it. We step into that blessing uh, feedback loop where God calls us out of our comfort zone. We step out in faith. We experience his blessing so that we can be the blessing And then we step out and be the blessing again. And we continue to listen to God and continue to walk with him. And this life becomes an adventure that is so significant rather than a drudgery to get enough stuff so that we feel secure at the end of the day. It's a completely different way to live. That's what be the blessing is all about. And God wants your heart to be free. You know, I love Psalm 37, 25. It says this, I was young and now I'm old. In other words, I've seen it all. I've been around long enough to see it all. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. As we step out and trust God, let him call us into his great adventure for our lives. We have to trust God and what we learn is not just observationally, but experientially. God's got you, God's got you. The second reason we do the blessing, or do be the blessing, is because God wants you to have great purpose. God wants you to have great purpose. You need great purpose in your life. Without it, you will grow self-centered, and you will become neurotic, and your mental health will decline, and you'll be a very miserable human being to be around. So don't do that. If we don't have something meaningful, something that is making a difference, something that is tied to God's kingdom that we are a part of, there is a void in our life because we were created for that. We were created in Christ Jesus for that. And so we become relatively unhappy people. But the opposite is true. You know, over the years... They've done multiple studies on the impact of service and generosity on people. And you know what they found? The happiest people on the planet are the most generous people on the planet. They've also found that biochemically, your body, when you serve and when you give, releases um, chemicals in your bloodstream, things like oxytocin and other things, that are more profound antidepressants than Prozac or anything you can buy at the pharmacy. Why? Because we were made in the image of God, and this is what God does. He is God. Jesus came as a servant. He calls us to do the same. He came with open hands and generosity, and he calls us to do the same. It's how we're wired. And when we live like we're wired to live, our life, our, body, our, our bodies, our minds, our spirits come alive. And generosity, kindness, service pulls us into the great story. Now, your life, regardless of what you've seen on TV, you are not at the center of the great story. <laughs> Can I? I know, it's shocking because we hear it every day, like all the time. It's all about you. And we like to, we like to place ourselves in there, in the center of the story. You're not. But you know what? Your life doing good, your life partnering with God is a part of the greatest story that you get to live in this world and the next. And until you're living for God's purpose, until you're living for God's kingdom, you're going to come up empty. You will. In Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said this, 
Seek first the kingdom, that's his kingdom, and his righteousness. So put him first. Don't let your, don't let your stuff be your God. Let Jesus be God in your life. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, what's all these things? All these things are, Jesus, earlier in this passage, you want to go back and re- read Matthew 6, are food, shelter, and clothing. Like, I got you. Like, stop worrying about it. But I think it's so much more than food, shelter, and clothing. It's that thing inside of us that longs for that purpose that I'm talking about. Like, my life's got to be more than this. Yes, it does. It absolutely does. You were created, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been called into a great story, a great mission, a great purpose. And if you're not walking that out, you're not going to be fully alive. Third reason we do be the blessing is because the hope for our world is Jesus. The hope for our world is Jesus. I don't know if any, if you're unaware of this, let's talk after church. Um, our culture is melting down. Has anybody noticed that our culture is melting down? Um, and, uh, you know, depending on where you live, how old you are, you're in different places as far as your exposure to the meltdown of our culture. I was having dinner the other night with a friend who works in the school system, and she was telling me about all the behaviors that they're dealing with, how it is completely unmanageable, how the teachers just, I don't know how much longer the teachers are going to last because it has become untenable. And as she was telling me this, I'm thinking, okay, so what happens if the teachers all walk? (laughs) We're in trouble. Um, But what I sensed was, yes, she was exhausted at the, the end of a long week of dealing with all of those things. It is widespread. It is, it's everywhere. It doesn't matter if it's an urban school or a rural school or a suburban school, because I've talked to teachers in all those schools. But my sense in talking to my friend was, Yes, she's tired and she's had a hard week, but what she was expressing was the mourning of the loss of our culture and our world. Like, she's on the front lines. She has seen the nitty-gritty in the next generation, and she is sad. I was having lunch with another friend who's a social worker this week, and... uh, we were talking about that conversation. He's like, oh, yeah, my brother is a, uh, is a principal, and it's the same thing at his school. And a completely different community than here. Same thing. Like, it's, it's, it's a wreck. And then he was like, he's like, and then there's, you know, um, well, we went, we went through a myriad of issues in our culture. And he's like, it's like it's all melting down. And then he grabbed my hand from across, not my hand, he grabbed my arm from across the table and he kind of looked at me and he said, Chris, tell me there's hope. Anybody felt that way recently? <laughs> I mean, like, and, and, and I looked at him and I got a big smile on my face and I said, oh, there's hope. There's hope. The hope is Jesus. And, 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 and short of Jesus either coming back 
or a revival in our time, we are screwed. I mean, society is a wreck. But he has a good track record of showing up and turning things around. In the history of the United States of America, about every 50 years, we see what's called a renewal or a revival. Anybody see the Jesus Revolution movie that came out? If you haven't seen that, watch it. That's actually the origins of this church. But, um, but in the 1970s, there was a revival, the, the hippies. Now, if you lived through the 60s, and you remember the 60s, you, didn't, you weren't there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I've heard that before, but so the 60s was a dark, dark time. I mean, Martin Luther King was assassinated, JFK was assassinated, uh, RFK was assassinated. We're just killing off our leaders. Uh, We're at war in Vietnam. The culture's imploding. The boomers are all stoned out of their minds. (laughs) Right? And if you looked around, it was dark. And people were wondering, how are we going to survive this? And Jesus showed up. And the Jesus revolution happened, and it captured the power of God, captured a generation, and changed the direction of our country over the last 50 years since. Now, a lot of people are saying Jesus is coming back, and and he may, and he may not. I mean, he will. I just, I just, he may this year, or next year, or sometime. And he may, it may be a thousand years from now. I don't know that. What I do know is, if he's not, if he's not coming back, he will pour his spirit out on our, on our world. And that, one of those two things, is our hope. You know, the vision for our church is to impact so many people's lives in the Ohio Valley that it literally transforms the culture of our community. That doesn't happen in our own strength and power. That happens in the power and the strength of God and his spirit at work among us. But we do have a part to play. And our part to play is to preach the gospel, which we do, to pray, which we do. And if you are not praying for God's... God's uh, revival and return, then you need to start. It's to share the gospel whenever we have the opportunity to in our friendships and relationships. And lastly, it is to shine his light in our world. And that's to be the blessing part. In Matthew 5, 14, Jesus says something so profound, and the reason it's profound is because we know he is the light of the world, but he turns to his followers. That would be you and me as well. I believe this this is spoken to us as much as it was spoken to, to Peter and James and John and all those guys, and he said this, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. The mantle of being light I am placing upon you. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. And then he makes very clear what he's talking about. And if you have have a Bible, turn to Matthew 5 and underline this, that they may see your good deeds. They may see you being the blessing. Not so that they pat you on the back and say, boy, aren't you so great? No, 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 no that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
part of Jesus's evangelism strategy, part of his, his revival strategy is that his people are the blessing on this planet. And so these are the reasons we do be the blessing every year that we stop in November, the holiday season, the season where God loved the world so much that he gave, and we join him in what he did, and we focus on it, not just so that we do this once a year, but so that every year we have the opportunity to take another step in generosity, to learn that God is good for it, to experience the joy that happens when you partner with God. We do it because he wants you to be free because you need a purpose to live for that's bigger than you. We do it because the only hope for our world is Jesus, and us shining the light is a big part of bringing Jesus into our world. There's a fourth reason I didn't list it. It's fun. This is so much fun. So, this is the part of the message where I tell you what we're doing this year. And as I shared at the beginning, it's kind of scaled back because we're in the middle of bridging the gap, and we acknowledge that. And uh, I just want you to do whatever God impresses upon you to do. We do have a financial goal. It's not huge. Uh, if every one of us kicked in 50 bucks, we'd hit it. So there's that. Some of us can't kick in 50 bucks. Some of us can kick in five. Some of us can kick in 50 cents. Some of us can kick in 500. You do whatever he impresses upon you. No pressure. And then there are volunteer opportunities and in-kind giving opportunities as well. But I want to encourage you to engage. I have three categories here. I want to encourage you to engage at some level in all three. And the first one is our Be the Blessing giving goal and projects. The goal for this year is $25,000. If we hit it, we get to do a bunch of fun things. If we don't hit it, we don't get to do a bunch of fun things. And I don't mean fun things like the staff goes on vacation. I mean we get to serve our community. Um, one of the things we learned over the years um, in doing Be the Blessing, because you guys are so outrageously generous, we always exceed our goal beyond our projects, is we started doing what we call just a community response fund. So we, we do all the Be the Blessing stuff, everything gets paid for, and we've got some money left at the end because you guys gave more than we tried to raise. And it has enabled us every year to respond in our community to things that we otherwise would have had to say no to. We get to say yes. We get to, we get to go around the community and you get a blessing and you get a blessing and you get a blessing. Right? No. And so we've supported things like Young Life. We've bought food for backpacks to go home with kids that don't have food over the weekends, Hope Center stuff. We've supported Health Right. When, short, when missionaries call us, um, people are going on a short-term mission trip, a lot of young people will do that, and they'll call and they'll say, hey, can you help sponsor me to go on this mission trip? We get to go, and you get a blessing. And, we, and it's just, we get to shine light. It's like light. It's a bank account of light. It's amazing. And so we want to populate that community response fund this year because we don't want to, this year, have to say no, 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 no. The second thing is um, we're going to buy Christmas gifts for uh, all our Hope Center guys who are away from uh, home this year and uh, want to make sure they have a great Christmas and, for, and we're going to throw a Christmas party and buy some Christmas gifts for our homeless population, uh, partnering with Susan Brossman and, and the um, Street Moms Ministry. So, uh, and then the third thing is um, we purchased a building 
across, or right next to the church building on Warden Run Road. And, um, and so uh, the reason we purchased it when we did is because it was available and we knew that, that we were supposed to have it. Uh, we don't have immediate plans uh, to move in because all of our finances are focused on this project across the street and there's things that need to be done. But one thing we would love to do is to get our middle school programming in there, and it's going to take a little bit of money, not a lot, uh, to make that happen. And so that's part of that $25,000 as well. And so in your program, you have an envelope. And on that envelope, it says, you know, you can put information, whatever, put your name on there. And there's a place where you can say regular giving, and you can put in an amount, and, you can, and it says be the blessing, you can put in an amount. Uh, I encourage you, you know, whether it's 50 cents, $5, $50, $500, whatever it is for you, whatever God's telling you to do, uh, participate with that. And then on our way out at the end, there'll be people in the back with buckets and you can drop that in the bucket. Make sense? Okay. The second thing we do are, is what I call in-kind generosity. And so there's three projects we have under in-kind generosity. We do, let me look. Well, we do two of them every year, um, and one of them was new last year. The first one is packing a shoebox to send around the world with Operation Christmas Child. Um, today is shoebox collection day around the world. We usually collect somewhere around 500 boxes here at the vineyard. And we'll collect around 8,000 because we also host the regional drop-off, about 8,000 boxes from around the community. And what we do is we pack all these up. There'll be volunteers at our warehouse tomorrow. If you want to come volunteer, they can use strong backs. And, um, and they'll pack these up into trucks, and they'll go to Charlotte, and then they'll go onto an airplane, and they will end up in Costa Rica, and Pastor Caesar will be get, giving these away to the kids at the, at the feeding center that we participate in. Probably not yours, but somebody's will end up there. But basically, kids get a Christmas present who would otherwise not get a Christmas present, but they also get to learn about Jesus. This is the real deal. I've seen these in the field. Um, this, this happens. If you feel compelled to participate and you're like, oh, I missed it, you can pick up a box on your way out in the lobby and uh, you'll just have to go shopping this afternoon and drop it off at the warehouse on Warden Run Road. It says Outreach Outfitter on the side tomorrow. And then you can stop and volunteer and help them pack the trucks. So that's, that's that. If you want to participate in that, it's not too late. The other in-kind generosity thing that we do every year, and we have for probably seven years now, I'm thinking, I'm guessing, I probably should go look. Uh, but we do what's called double stuff the truck. And we partner with the House of the Carpenter. If you're not familiar with the House of the Carpenter, it's right there, right across the river. If you go out, out this back wall, across the river, House of the Carpenter, they serve underprivileged folks on Wheeling Island and around Wheeling. They're, they're, um, we have done a food drive for them every year. This is the first year I got a call going, we really need you guys to do a food drive. Like, they've, they're always appreciative, and it certainly helps out, but, um, and, and it makes a difference. But things are really tough in the food business right now. They're having a hard time getting the food that they need, um, especially soup and canned fruit, uh, which is an interesting thing. So next weekend, 
we're going to have uh, grocery bags in the back on your way out with a list. And uh, these are the things that they need. And we're going to encourage you to fill the grocery bag or fill five grocery bags or whatever you feel led to do and bring it back the following weekend. So the weekend of December 2nd, we will do a food drive here at the Capitol. But we're also going to be doing a food drive at Respects in Elm Grove. So this is a volunteer opportunity. Encourage you on your sign-up sheet, like get it out and sign up as we go. It's, it's the other half of your the Connect card, you know? Uh, or you can go online and sign up. But we have time slots where we need folks to go work, stuff the truck at Respects. And basically, you just invite people to come along on this generosity adventure, and it's really fun. You know, I, one year I was, I was there uh, collecting food and, you know, giving people the sheet on the way in, and some people will ignore you, which is whatever. Other people were like, oh, that's awesome. One guy came out with a whole cart full of food and gave me the cart and took one bag for himself. I'm like, that's really cool. I love that we get to invite our community into partnership in blessing others. I think it's a step in. The need is off the charts this year. Last year, we, uh, we raised about almost four tons of food. It's the only way we can measure it. And, um, and it ended up being two months worth of food. Of their, of their food budget. So it makes a huge, huge difference. We'll be doing that in a couple weeks, and we do need volunteers to, uh, to help at Respects. And then the last thing on the in-kind generosity is this. Um, we took on a brand-new ministry a year and a half, two years ago, called uh, Feed My Sheep International and partnering with Pastor Caesar in San Jose, Costa Rica, feeding about 100, a little over 100 street children. Uh, it's a phenomenal ministry. He actually uses the Operation Christmas Child materials to teach them about Jesus. They've got great kids' materials. And um, at any rate, we decided we're going we're gonna to fund this through sponsorships. We're going to invite people to, to sponsor a kid at $30 a month just to make sure they have food. Um, right now, we have about 70 kids who are eligible for sponsorship, and we have 30 kids sponsored, which means we really need, we're, we're, we're running in the red on this ministry. Um, we really need 40 people to sponsor a kid. So on your way out, in the lobby, there's a table with 40 kids on it. I want to invite you. You can sign up right there to sponsor a kid, um, or you can uh, take one with you and just get on real fast so nobody else claims your kid, and, um, and uh, you can sponsor a kid at $30 a month. It's a step of generosity. It's a little higher commitment than some of these one-time things, but I'm telling you, sponsoring kids is an awesome way to stretch your heart. My family and I, we've been doing this, well, as long as my kids have been alive. And it is a blessing to us, more so than probably a blessing to them. All right, service opportunities, real quickly. Um, today, upstairs in the ballroom, we have all of our kids' church kids in church in the ballroom, which is fun, and it's a new environment, and the kids are excited, and it's going to be really, really cool. Um, and we're going to do this for the next 10 months while we do the renovations across the street. Now, 
We were here Thursday night setting everything up and then putting everything away and then setting everything up and putting everything away just to learn how to do that. And this morning, a group of people came in. They had it all set up in about 30 minutes, which was really amazing when you see what it is. Here's the deal. We've got plenty of people to do that for a couple months. But for that to be sustainable over time, we, we have about 40 slots that, that need to be filled where you either come early or you stay late uh, and you help set up those, the environments upstairs and down here to make an amazing environment for kids to hear about Jesus on their level. And, uh, and so if you're not serving anywhere in the church, this is a great first step to serve. Um, and it's a low commitment. See, the thing is, is if you have 20% of the people doing 80% of the work, you guys are familiar with that concept, right? 20% of the people get tired really fast. But when you got 80% of the people doing 100% of the work, nobody gets tired. It's kind of fun. And so... Um, 40 slots. It's an easy, low, uh, low uh, skill level. We can teach you. Believe me, we can teach you. Uh, and so, on your sheet or on the at, on the uh, the uh, online thing, uh, you can sign up uh, for the Sunday setup and cleanup team. I hope that you will. Oh, and if you're sitting there going, "Well, he's not talking to me," yes, I am. I'm speaking to you. Yeah, anyway. All right, second volunteer opportunities uh, or opportunity. Madison Elementary School, our partner in education. I just heard this the other day. Madison Elementary came back at the top of the standardized score list in Ohio County. Nobody saw that coming. Madison and Richie. Part of that is because we've had mentors over there for the last several years pouring into the lives of these kids. Uh, and so there's an opportunity. We need more mentors, and we need guys. We had a bunch of guys involved at first, and they've kind of either kids have graduated and they moved on or whatever. We need male mentors. It's two days a month, either a Tuesday or a Wednesday, over the lunch hour. If you can be available and you can hang out, we'll part pair you with a kid, you'll build a relationship with them over their elementary school career. You're only one year commitment at a time, but you'll want to keep going. And, um, and it makes such a huge difference in their lives because these kids, lots of these kids don't have an adult who cares and loves for them or loves them. And, uh, and, and they, need, they need Christians praying for them. And it does make a difference. So there's that. There's, uh, uh, we're going to be doing a basketball sports camp that we do every year led by Jay Morris, who has is, is kind of pioneered that for those kids. And that's going to be in February, three weekends in February. It's an hour and a half on a Saturday morning. If you're interested in sports, sign up for that. And then uh, we're going to be doing a paint day. We have six volunteer slots for a paint day, and that's going to be December the 2nd at 10 a.m., and that'll be a three-hour thing over there, so you can sign up for that. The last volunteer opportunity I wanna lay out for you, and this is, you're not signing up for anything. We don't have a project yet, but I know this church is full of people with skills. Um, as, as we have uh, put together the project across the street, one of the things that I have learned is the construction is stupidly expensive. And, um, but I also know that 
this building is full of people who have skills, who actually would love to build community around doing something. And, um, and so we're putting together a project team, and I'm looking for folks, carpenters, builders, painters, plumbers, electricians, laborers, project managers, and sawmill operators. I have something very specific in mind for you. All right, guys, we've got four buildings now. We have a warehouse that needs to be demoed and renovated and get got ready for planting campuses and stuff going on down here. We've got projects around that building. We've got, um, we've got all kinds of things that need to get done. And, uh, and so I'm asking you, if you have those skills, to sign up. And uh, we'll let you know when the projects come up and what needs to be done, and you build community around whatever those projects are, and we can do so much good. We can do so much good if we just jump in together, and we can have a lot of fun doing it. So, so that construction project team, you can sign up for that. That is, and I don't have an immediate project to put you on, but if you'll sign up and let us know what your skills are, we'll get you plugged in, and we'll get some... You know, the vineyard around town, I don't know if you know this, the rumor around town is that's the church that gets crap done, except the word's not crap. <laughs> and um, I can't say the word in church, but um, <laughs> yes, it does. Um, so if you want to be a part of getting some stuff done, making a difference with the skills God's blessed you with, sign up for that team. So that's, that's our Be the Blessing projects for this year. That's what we're doing, um, and that's worth celebrating. There's some good stuff coming. I can't wait to see what God does with our, our efforts and our blessings this year. You know, there's so many of us who are already engaged. I love that. I don't want you, and some of us who are like can't say no to anything, I just want you to know I see you, grateful for you, God sees you. God's grateful for you. Keep going, but don't feel like you have to do everything. There are others of us who are on the sidelines. Jump in, get involved, carry, help carry the load and make a difference and engage in the purpose that God's calling you to. So here's what we're going to do. At the end of the service, on your way out, I want you to take your Connect card, in your envelope, and there'll be people at the doors with buckets. Just drop them off, get signed up, and, uh, and we'll see what God does. It's going to be fun. Okay. As I said at the beginning, this is celebration, and we're going to baptize some people, so that's what we're going to do. And um, baptism is like a party here at the vineyard. Um, I, God shows up in a special way when we start baptizing people, and there are all kinds of reasons for that, and um, it's just such a fun thing. It's a picture, it's a visual of what God is doing inside people's hearts and lives. It's a visual of what he's doing through the ministry of our church. And every one of these people who's being baptized is a testimony to God's power, his presence, and his transformation. And we're going to celebrate that. So I want you to cheer for them when they come out of the water, pray for them as they're being prayed for, and uh, sing loud as, as we're singing. You know, um, 
three things that baptism is real quick in case you don't know. It's a statement of faith. It is a statement of, uh, or it's a step of faith, and it's a symbol of faith. It's a statement of faith because everyone who's being baptized is saying, I've decided to follow Jesus. I'm, I'm with him. And they're making a public proclamation. Secondly, it's a step of faith because Jesus said to do this. And so we trust him enough to do what he says. Each one of these people are, are obeying Christ and his, his commission to be baptized. And then third, it's a symbol of faith. It's a symbol of being washed clean from our sins. It's a symbol of being joined with Christ in his death, his burial, and his resurrection to a brand new life. And so that as they come out of water to a brand new life, let us cheer them on. Let us, let us uh, celebrate what God has done and what he is doing and what he is about to do in and through the ministry of our church. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for the life that you have poured into this body of believers. Lord, thank you for your, your hand of blessing upon us. Thank you for the great purposes that you have and projects that you have called us into. Thank you that we get to make a difference with our stuff and with our lives and with our time and with our, our prayers. And God, you have... You have been so good to us. Thank you for calling, out, uh, calling us out of our comfort zone. I pray that you would give us the courage to go. God, that we would experience your blessing, that we would give it away, and that we would live in that loop of trust, faith, purpose, and impact. That our lives would matter, and we would live free. Lord, I lift up everyone being baptized today to you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and just fill this place, that you would fill their hearts, that you would move in ways we can, that only you can. Lord, we celebrate with you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on the Vineyard Church Podcast today. It's our greatest desire for people to find and follow God, and we hope this podcast is one way that helps you do just that. But don't stop here. We would love to see you face-to-face. God's people grow most in community, so don't forget you can join us live at the Capitol Theater in downtown Wheeling every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. If you'd like to connect with us in the meantime, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. You can catch up on previous messages and series, request prayer, and even download additional content. Thanks again for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.